Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It's 10.04 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It's May the 4th be with you, 2023. This is episode 719 of Bitcoin and my numbers are down. Uh, I think this actually has a, uh, and when I mean numbers, I mean listening numbers, like off by 50%. And at first I was kind of thinking that it's like, well, you know, uh, the banking crisis and Bitcoin's moving sideways again, but Bitcoin's been moving sideways for like a long time. And I was having some really good numbers. And then I started looking at Fountain, like my Fountain app on my phone, which is what I use as my podcasting 2.0, or rather a modern podcast app to listen to all my favorite podcasts because I can boost people, although I actually don't because every time I'm listening to somebody, I'm driving a car. That is not the time that you want to be boosting somebody. Unless we figure out a way to have a great big boost button or the... Somehow or another, it goes into car drive and you can hit the screen, you know, and and boost somebody. But I wouldn't be able to type anything because, you know, I'm going to end up dead. But that's what I use. And I am subscribed to my own show so that I can monitor how, how it looks when it's coming down, when it comes down, and all kinds of stuff. And I don't, I have never seen the following problem on any of the podcasts Uh, that I subscribe to a 404 error. (laughs) This now, this is from, this is from the web. When I go and I look at charts uh, on, you know, a desktop web, you know, web browser and I go to fountain charts and then I, I I click on my show. And for the last two days in a row or like almost all yesterday, I click my show and it's a 404 error. And then I start looking and going, well, okay. And I'm able, I have to get to my own show on the web client through another, uh, through a roundabout means. Instead of going through charts, I have to actually go to the search function and type in Bitcoin and, and then I'm like way down on the list, even though my, the title of the show is Bitcoin and, and somehow I don't show up until like number 15. I don't know about what's going on with that. So I click on that and I can get to my show. And yesterday I was going, well, where the hell is episode 718? It's not, it hadn't even propagated through the system. So then I go to my, get grab my iPhone and get to my fountain app. And like in the in discovery, well, not discovery, but in the podcast function, which is basically my feed. So if any, if any of the shows that I have subscribed to, releases an episode, it comes down on that screen. And if I want to refresh it, I just swipe down and then a little circle goes around and round. And then all of a sudden, anything that is newly propagated comes in. I hadn't had, my show is from 717 
and 718 has not propagated to that screen on Fountain App. I honestly believe that this has more of an effect on my numbers than Bitcoin moving sideways. Oscar Mary, if some of if any of you guys have Oscar Mary's ear, because I he he doesn't seem to be on Noster very much at all. Uh, he seems to still be on Twitter. If somebody would do me a favor and get a hold of Oscar Mary and ask him if there's a problem, because I've never had a 404 error on anybody else. This has happened to me on several occasions. Um, I can't get a hold of Oscar Mary because I'm you know, not allowed on Twitter. If somebody can get a hold of Oscar from Fountain, could you get him to possibly get in touch with me somehow through Noster, like DM me? I, it would be highly appreciated because I kind of think that that's knocking my numbers down because if you can't, if my shows are not propagating into your feed, because they sure as shit weren't propagating into my feed, then you don't know that I've released an episode unless you actually physically go to my show on the Fountain app and then like go to the episodes and then maybe. But even yesterday doing that, 718 wasn't up for 15 hours after I'd posted it and it was propagating through the rest of the podcast index system. So if you guys can help me out, uh, that would be much appreciated. Now... Speaking of Noster, we have Kind3. Yeah, if you want to jack up your feed real bad, then by all means, use Kind3. Actually, I think this is a good idea, but let's let's just get through it first and we'll discuss it. This is out of No Bullshit Bitcoin, which is nobsbitcoin.com forward slash Kind3. Kind3, replace your Noster follow list. Kind3 allows you to completely replace your follow list and follow someone else's list as well as back up your list and restore them with a single click. This is a tool to change your follow list on Noster. It's an experiment. Let me repeat. It's an experiment to help you peek out of your echo chamber. Before replacing your contact list, make sure to back up your current list with the save button. Once back it backed up, the list should show on your saved lists. All right, so here's a here's a uh, a, a note from Pablo F7Z, who is apparently just like out in the wild, running with scissors and reaching for stuff and developing like everything under the damn sun. Man, Pablo is on fire. Anyway, see, he says <clears throat> in this note announcing. Kind3, the number three, kind3.xyz, the fastest way to possibly destroy your Noster experience, laughy face. Kind3 allows you to completely replace your follow list and follow someone else's. Of course, it also allows you to create a backup of the list. Before doing so and restoring that backup in one click, please, please, please use at your own risk. Again, the website to go do this. Is or the to find out more is kind3.xyz. Now, with the Noster is really nascent, right? And I am, I remember back in the day, you know, last December, where I would completely lose all the people that I was following. 
just completely lose them. I wouldn't lose, you know, like the people that were following me, but somehow or another, I would completely lose everybody that I was following them and I'd have to go refollow them. And this didn't happen like five or six times. Guys, this is, we're talking like, by the time this cleared up, I had done this 20 to 25 times and it got really, really bad. Thankfully, Nostagram.co, which seems to be kind of mothballed, which is too bad because I loved that, that web client. Um, they, he, uh, Jay Ledger introduced the feature of being able to uh, refollow your saved follow list. And that saved my bacon on more than a few occasions. But this one, when, when Pablo is saying, use at your own risk, use at your own risk. There is no guarantee that you'll be able to get your follow list back. So if you want to use this, please, for the love of God, spend the time spinning up a new set of keys and use that Noster account, for lack of a better term, that Noster identity. We'll say that. Use that identity to experiment with kind three. Don't risk your follow list, okay? Please use extreme caution. Now, is this a good idea? Kind of, but eh, you could kind of do the same thing by just logging in, or well, by identifying in Noster with somebody else's public key. But you wouldn't be able to respond to them. You wouldn't be able to, to do anything else. Uh, you would be able to see who they follow. You'd be able to see what their their followers are saying. You'd be able to see all those notes, but you wouldn't be able to respond to anything. So in a way, you could kind of peek out of whatever little bubble that we build for ourselves, and we do. Whether consciously or subconsciously, we build our own little bubbles, right? I like the idea of being able to peek out of that bubble and see what somebody else is seeing. And this one gives you the ability to do it under your own identity. So you could, like I could follow, like Pablo F7Z's follow list. And then I'd be able to respond because I am doing it under my identity. All right, and I'm logged in with my public key. And then I've given permission uh, with, through my private keys to be able to send notes and reply and do all, you know, all the things and reach for all this, all the stuff. But be very careful with this kind three uh, situation because I just, I mean, and, and I'm sure Pablo would agree. Nobody wants you to lose your follow list and then have to repopulate that son of a bitch, especially if you've been on Noster for a while. I'm following well over I don't know, a thousand people, maybe 1500. I don't want to repopulate that list. So I'm not going to be using my main identity to, uh, to practice with this. So just, I'm just saying now news, <clears throat> Bitcoin magazine, BTC Casey, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. To make his first appearance as U.S. presidential candidate at Bitcoin 2023. He's going to Miami for his first Public, I guess this is his first public appearance, a public appearance as a presidential candidate anywhere, and he's going to do it at Bitcoin 2023. Let's see, let's let's just find out more. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is set to make his first appearance as a U.S. presidential candidate at the Bitcoin 2023 conference in Miami, happening May 18th through the 20th. 
In a recent statement, Kennedy expressed his support for Bitcoin and denounced President Biden's proposed 30% tax on cryptocurrency mining, stating that it was a mistake for the United States government to stifle innovation in the industry. It's probably not even constitutional, honestly. Kennedy also addressed concerns over the environmental impact of Bitcoin mining, stating that the energy usage argument is overstated and that Bitcoin mining consumes about the same amount of energy as, you know, video games. He believes that the environmental argument is being used as a pretext to suppress anything that threatens elite power structures, including Bitcoin. And here's his actual tweet. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on May the 3rd said, Cryptocurrencies led by Bitcoin, along with other crypto technologies, are a major innovation engine. It is a mistake for the United States government to hobble the industry and drive innovation elsewhere. Biden's proposed 30% tax on cryptocurrency mining is a bad idea, and he's got a whole thread about it, which we will not read. In addition, Kennedy has argued that tight control of cryptocurrencies to prevent their use by criminals is not the solution. He pointed out that dissidents and ordinary citizens also need privacy, and that governments often control bank accounts and payment platforms to crush dissent. Kennedy believes that until trust is restored in the government, (laughs) Oh, oh God, I thought I was naive. Anyway, Kennedy believes that until trust is restored in the government, cash and Bitcoin are needed to ensure freedom. Kennedy also spoke about the importance of having a diverse ecology of currencies rather than just a single centrally controlled one. He believes that just as a biodiverse ecosystem is more resilient, so too will our economy be more resilient with the diversity of currencies. Previously, Kennedy had said that there is a misunderstanding from critics who claim Bitcoin's energy usage is a bad thing and that Americans need Bitcoin to ensure freedom. Kennedy's support for Bitcoin and his appearance at the Bitcoin 2023 conference will likely garner attention from Bitcoin enthusiasts and media alike. As a presidential candidate, his views on Bitcoin and its role in our economy will will be closely watched in the coming months. So, Kennedy... I want to like the guy. I really want, I want, I want to like him. I do. I can't, I can't help it. And it's not because I'm a Democrat. I'm actually registered as a Republican. But honestly, I mean, I can only register as from red or blue team. I don't even think you can register as a libertarian, you know, and even then the libertarian party is, it's a dumpster fire. It just is. And it's not, I'm not saying that because I don't like libertarianism. That's not it at all. I'm just saying the party doesn't have the shit together. And even if they did have their shit together, it's not, it's not mainstream. So it's not red team. It's not blue team. So therefore it's, since it's not bloods versus crips, then you ain't got no street cred, bitch. That's pretty much the way that shit works. Right? So it's not that I like him because he's a Democrat. I, I, I really do. I want to like the guy as a presidential candidate, but my problem is, is that, you know, Eric Adams from New York and that idiot from Miami, the both of these mayors basically leveraged the Bitcoiners tendency to be single issue voters and they got in. Now, was it because the Bitcoiners voted for him? I don't know. I mean, I can't prove that, but they definitely leveraged the Bitcoin community to get in and also the, you know, the cryptocurrency people as well. 
is Kennedy doing the same shit? See, this is what I don't, this is what I will not like about the guy because I don't need another grifter in the fray. I mean, I like what he says. I, I do. I mean, I think he's really gutsy. I hope he doesn't get assassinated because, you know, his old man got fucking blown away. And we all know who did that. And it sure as shit wasn't Sirhan Sirhan, even though he might have pulled the trigger. It doesn't matter. It, it's all, the whole thing is so, is so bad that I would literally vote for this guy outside of the single issue voting tendency that I have in my mental framework, just because he's saying things that are completely out of line with mainstream media. But is that a ploy? Is that a trick? And even if it wasn't a trick, what's his first day of office look like? Do they sit his ass down in front of a TV and show him what really happened to his uncle? How they, how the CIA really was involved in blowing that dude away, you know, and say, Hey, this is going to happen to you. So you better, you know, you better conform to exactly what we want when we want it. Otherwise this can be you, you know, nobody really knows. I remember what I remember Reagan though. Ronald Reagan, <clears throat> he was doing some things that people kind of didn't like, you know, and I'm not talking about the population. Um, I'm talking about people in government, you know, the whole trying to downsize the government, that doesn't make a whole lot of people happy. And then all of a sudden he gets what? <gasps> he gets shot. He gets shot. And he was never the same man since. He was weaker he talked less boisterously. He stopped basically talking about downsizing the United States federal government. It was like he was shown what the hell happens when you don't go along with the status quo. Can I prove that? No, I can't prove that. I'm not even going to try to prove that, but it just seems a little odd that when he got out of the hospital after being shot in the chest and he had a collapsed lung, he was never the same guy. And of course, you're never going to be the same guy when you get shot. But some this that seems like that's, you know, for the common man, somebody who's not the president of the United States, somebody who's not the commander in chief, somebody who's not flying around on Air Force One. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I could see that. But when you are that, when you are the president, when you are, quote unquote, the leader of the free world, the leader of the strongest economy on earth, the leader of the strongest military on the planet. Well, you, that's the kind of guy that you expect to get right the hell back up and start fighting again. And he didn't. Something changed. Something changed. It makes me wonder about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If he gets close enough to the Democrat, just the Democratic nomination, I fear that his life is pretty much going to be in danger. I, 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 like I said, I can't prove any of it. Is it tinfoil hattery? No, because I'm just conjecturing. But eh, my real problem here is whether or not, actually, it's not my real problem. Prima facie, the problem I have with this guy is that he's using the same tactic that Eric Adams used to get the mayorship of New York. And then that dude down in Miami, the mayor, I can't even remember his name anymore. He's when it was all oh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden he does Miami coin. He immediately turned into a shit coiner. Eric Adams doesn't even talk about this stuff anymore. 
He, he got what he wanted out of the group, out of the crew, and he rolled on. Is that what this is going to be like? It better not be, man. It better not be, dude. Just saying. Bitcoin crowdfunding is lightning. El Salvador school program hits one full BTC in donations. Joe Hall, Coin Telegraph. There's a beacon of light in the bear market tunnel. God, I hope it's not a train. The Salvadoran nonprofit program Mi Primera Bitcoin or My First Bitcoin has raised over one Bitcoin in donations, not from venture capitalist investors, but from generous Bitcoin education advocates worldwide. Donations flooded in from countries like Venezuela, Poland, and Canada as hundreds of people worldwide sent Satoshis over the Lightning Network to fund the expansion of My First Bitcoin's Bitcoin Diploma program. Cointelegraph reached out to John Dennehy, I think that's how you pronounce it, founder of My First Bitcoin to understand how the crowdfunding campaign reached 1BTC in less than three weeks. Holy smokes. Dennehy told Cointelegraph, quote, Bitcoin's greatest potential is empowering the individual and making it easy to donate value is a big part of that. Bitcoin crowdfunding makes it possible for anyone to participate, which is revolutionary when compared to the existing fiat system that restricts who can participate. This is the way to level a playing field, end quote. Unlike PayPal or GoFundMe, Bitcoin's censorship-resistant self-sovereign properties make it one of the most efficient ways to send money online. Plus, it's far cheaper. Money is sent over the Lightning Network, the Layer 2 on Bitcoin, which costs a fraction of legacy payment services. Dennis, he explained, quote, Bitcoin crowdfunding is an example of how Bitcoin allows people to take control of their own money, end quote. The crowdfunding campaign was boosted by the efforts of Bitcoin Beach, the Bitcoin circular economy in El Zante on El Salvador's Pacific coast. Bitcoin Beach was the spark that led to BTC being declared legal tender in El Salvador way back in 2021. On April the 27th, Bitcoin Beach declared it would match all donations to the project until midnight on April the 27th. Regardless, the campaign had begun with lightning fast levels of generosity. <clears throat> Metamic, the founder of Bitcoin crowdfunding platform, hold on, let me do that. The, the founder of Bitcoin crowdfunding platform, Geyser, which my first Bitcoin used for its fundraiser, told Cointelegraph, quote, definitely the biggest educational project on Geyser ever. Insane traction in just one day, end quote. He added that it was the third largest crowdfunding ever on Geyser after just one day. Indeed, Geyser hit a new record in April, reaching over 2 BTC in donations in total. Despite Bitcoin's price grinding lower and wiping out traders, the Bitcoin community <clears throat> continues to build and educate. As Dennehy summed up, quote, we are inspired every day by the support we receive from the Bitcoin community. We couldn't do that without it, end quote. To date, my first Bitcoin has educated 6,000 students in El Salvador. Let's read it again. My first Bitcoin has educated 6,000 students in El Salvador. Cointelegraph attended its second graduation ceremony in San Marcos, in November of 2021. So good deeds being done all over the place, even in light of the absolute clown show, dumpster fire, big top uh, chicanery that we see going on all about us. Um, this, this is the way. <laughs> the, 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 honestly, guys, this is the way.
I spent five minutes on Blue Sky today. And I realized that I can't do this shit without a pressure suit. It's crushing. Go, I mean, just the first three skeets that I read was just depressing. It was like it was either vapid and without any merit whatsoever, or it just exuded psychic vampirism from every possible pore that you could find out of it, or it was just straight up negative. Somebody gave Martin Shkreli a, uh, a Blue Sky invite, and apparently his first skeet was, oh, Blue Sky sucks, LOL. And people lost their minds. They're calling for an immediate block. They were trying to figure, I mean, it was just one after another of how they don't have to listen to this guy. It's the refugees that are coming over from Twitter, literally the weakest, most spineless, diaper wearing thumb sucking babies i've i i mean i thought twitter was bad but when you boil off all the hardcore people and you're left with the sweet sickeningly syrup that is what has moved over to blue sky it's it's unworkable it's unworkable just do it. If you can get to it, scroll just, and you, if you, if you're on there and you're just not using it, get on there every once in a while, just to attenuate yourself to why Noster is so much, not only is it a, is it a great place to be and it's filled with people that are positive all the time and it's funny and it's heart lifting and people say good morning and I love you and hugs and all kinds of stuff. But if you're just steeped in that without seeing the other end of the spectrum, the dark, dirty, rank, crap that we left, then by all means, go over to Blue Sky a couple of times and, and you'll, you'll, get, you'll get attenuated right back to understanding why what Fiat Joff has built is so not only important, but was desperately needed. It's the third peg of the stool. You got Bitcoin, you got Lightning Network, you got Noster. You can build a whole world on those three things. So I sent a hefty, uh, I tried to send Fiat, I, actually I was sending Fiat Joff like, uh, like was it 5,000 Satoshis and somehow or another it failed, both on a note that I was trying to zap and the uh, zapper on his um, uh, profile. So I don't know what happened there. I'll try again later, but if you want to zap somebody today, go go zap Fiat Joff, please, for the love of God. Now, Fetty, Fetty raises $17 million in fundraising round led by Ego Death Capital, Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey. Fetty Incorporated, a United States developer of community empowering financial and data technology utilizing Fetty Mints on Bitcoin, has raised $17 million in a Series A round of financing. Fetty is set to pre-launch an alpha version of its federated operating system aimed at the builder community later this month. Fetty seeks to empower, empower individuals to collaborate through federations made up of friends, families, neighbors, nonprofit organizations, social clubs, businesses, conferences, and other forms of community to take control of their money, data, and digital lives while protecting user privacy and autonomy. That's, see, that's a fucking mission statement right there. 
That's an that's a damn good mission statement. I like that one. The open source Fetty Mint protocol on which Fetty is built makes it easy for developers to build additional applications and modules to complement Fetty's offerings and give more options to users. Quote, it provides a resilient, privacy protecting and simple way for people who don't have access to or don't trust centralized alternatives to secure and use their data and money, a press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine explained. The financing round was led by Ego Death Capital with participation from Block, Kingsway, Trammel Venture Partners, and Time Chain, among others. This funding brings Fetty's total funding to $21.21 million. <laughs> Perfect. Fetty CEO Abi Nwasu said that the interest in the uh, round allowed them to select investors that are fully aligned with the future they are trying to create with Fetty. Fetty's community, or second-party custody model, offers a secure alternative to third-party cryptocurrency exchanges, cloud backup services, and encrypted messaging apps. The system's underlying technology is ready-made <clears throat> for rapid expansion and can be adapted to do virtually all the things people currently use their smartphone or computer to do. The system aims to answer the security, privacy, and trust deficiencies of current alternatives, bringing user benefits similar to self-custody without technical or financial barriers to entry. Quote, Fetty is offering a truly decentralized and federated way not only to custody Bitcoin, but to take back control of everything that matters in your digital life, said Jeff Booth, co-founder of Ego Death Capital and lead investor for this series. Quote, it's hard to overstate what this combination of technologies makes possible. And while I expect Fetty to be at the forefront, I'm just as excited by what people are going to build around it. It is truly something that can bring value and a brighter future for billions of people, he added. Okay, so it's no longer time to sleep on Fediments. Matt O'Dell and a whole host of other people, you know, Marty Bent, Guy Swan, uh, Jack Spirico. There's been a lot of different podcasts out there and they've been talking a lot about Fediments. And I've been on the fence about the whole damn thing to the point that I'm not really studying it. Now it's time to study it because now you got $21.21 million thrown at this thing in total and a $17 million single round of funding. Something's going on. It's time to wake up and stop sleeping on Fediment. That goes for me as well. Bitcoin drops. Oh no, it's another price drop. Bitcoin drops with stocks as analysts warn of banking crisis endgame. Oh, analyst, not analysts. I guess they're talking about Marty Bent because he has a really good, uh, uh, he, has, he released a really good bent earlier. Bitcoin slid below 29,000 around May the 4th, Wall Street Open as United States equities show jitters over the resurgent banking crisis like you didn't know it was coming. I don't Really? JP Morgan traders were surprised? This shit, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView show BTC losing ground as the S&P 500 shed 0.7%. The risk asset come down accompanied more mayhem for U.S. regional bank stocks with PacWest Bancorp once again leading the way, falling over 50% on the day. The embattled lender had already seen major losses at the time of writing. It was down 86.5% year-to-date. In a statement, the bank nonetheless described its position as solid, 
<laughs> freaking liars. As Cointelegraph reported, reassurances of United States authority over the banking system stability appeared at odds with reality for many commentators with confusion only increasing as the crisis continued. And here's a quote here from the Kobisi letter. It says, number one, and this is the last 24 hours. Number one, PacWest Bank explores potential sale. Number two, Western Alliance Bank explores potential sale. Number three, First Horizon Bank cancels merger with TD Bank due to regulatory concerns. Number four, <laughs> Jerome Powell said federal banking system is sound and five, no comment from, and then it says show more. And I don't, I don't even want to click that quote for the first time in weeks, equity markets are responding to the banking crisis, financial commentary resource, the Kobisi letter uh, wrote in part of his Twitter coverage. Kobisi argued that the latest federal reserve interest rate hike confirmed 0.25% on May the 3rd had added fuel to the fire. Quote, perhaps this is the equity market worrying that the crisis may not be isolated. Hmm, really? You think? Quote, the Fed rate hike is only making things worse. End quote. Yeah, really? You think? In addition to PacWest, First Horizon and Western Alliance were two more major losers on the day, down 53% and 38% respectively. Quote, confidence in a financial institution is built over decades and destroyed in days. Bill Ackman, CEO of hedge fund management firm Pershing Square, continued on his own response. Quote, as each domino falls, the next weakest bank begins to wobble. Until investors are rewarded for betting on a wobbling bank, there will be no bid. And the best sale is the last price. We're running out of time to fix this problem, end quote. You're not fixing this problem, dude. In a dedicated blog post on the crisis, meanwhile, Marty Bent, there it is, founder of the crypto media firm TFTC, described it as a point of no return. Quote, <clears throat> everywhere one looks, things look absolutely terrible for the United States financial system. This feels like the end game, he warned on May the 3rd. Quote, I find it hard to believe there is anything that can be done to restore confidence in the system. No amount of backstopping, money printing, buyback, consolidation, or world wars will be able to put this genie back in the bottle. The Fed and the Treasury will try their hardest to make the public believe otherwise, but this is simply too much all at once. End quote. Turning to Bitcoin, BTC-USD pair found itself in an area of low liquidity at the time of writing, with large volume traders staying away. Data from the Binance order book uploaded to Twitter by monitoring resource material indicators showed bid liquidity slowly increasing above $28,000. As various popular traders demanded higher levels of return in order to provide a shot at $30,000 of resistance, longer time takes remained optimistic. Popular trader and analyst Rect Capital highlighted current spot price levels at as the site of an important reclaim oper operation. Quote, last week, BTC Weekly closed above 28,800. And this week, BTC has done quite well to hold at its support, uh, in large part due to the aggressive buying in recent days, he explained about re weekly timeframes. So yeah, there you go. That's just the, what's going on. That's how Bitcoin is reacting like everything else and people are risking off. But here's, you know, the, here's the issue. What do you risk into? I, mean, I don't know if anybody understands this, but there's a credit crunch. You know, we, nobody's really talking about it, but there's a credit crunch. 
I'm literally having to find a credit union in Santa Fe, New Mexico to help with a line of, get a line of credit against a lot of assets to purchase another asset. And we don't really need it, but I think it's important to form a relationship. Nobody wants to form a lending relationship. Wells Fargo told me that shit, dude, if you're under $10 million, we're, we're not even going to talk to you. They're, they're completely out there. And, and they, the woman on the phone that was talking to Wells Fargo and I had to get a physical banker at a Wells Fargo branch to dial the phone so that I could actually get to the person who would be able to answer certain questions. That's how bad it was. And once I got her on the phone and I explained what it is that I'm trying to do, she's like, not only is it us, that's not doing this. It's all of our major competitors. That would be us or the bank of America, us bank corp, uh, JP Morgan, chase, you name it, dude, you name it. They don't want to have anything to do with lending. So where the, I mean, the only escape hatch is what equities. Are you going to buy treasury bonds? <laughs> I wouldn't. I it's toxic at this point. Treasuries are toxic and everybody knows it. The credit, the credit, uh, credit liquidity in the system is drying up. It's almost gone. It's like Lake Powell, right? It's like you look at it, you're like, oh, yay, yay, this is not good. And they're finding dead bodies because the water level is so low. It hasn't been that low in 70 years. So all the people that got offed by the mafia while they were building LA or not LA, Las Vegas, they're finding all their bones. What are we going to uncover as this liquidity dries up? This reservoir is going down. So where do you put your money? You can buy Bitcoin and that's what I do. Or you can try to do the other thing that I'm doing is find a liquid, you know, a partner that has some kind of liquidity and some kind of, you know, gumption. But I'm this, this environment, dude, I don't know, man. I, you know, I can't wait till they start talking about how credit is, has dried up because they're not talking about it right now. Everybody's distracted by PacWest and Silvergate and the Silicon Valley and the banking crisis and Jerome Powell making funny jokes about how the banking system is sound and secure when we already went through safe and effective being bullshit. And do you believe any of these people anymore? <laughs> I sure as shit don't. I just don't. All right, let's get on to this one. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Maple Trade. <clears throat> I was able to successfully sell some of Maple Trade's stuff for him through this show. So I'm going to tell you about Maple Trade's story. This is the marketing portion of selling something. I, I'm, I'm having to learn this. I'm learning this on the fly, and you guys are basically watching me do it. So as I stumble, and I screw shit up, take notes, don't do what I do. <laughs> if I do something that worked, do that. If I screw something up, don't do that. But Maple Trade is over on Noster, and you can find Maple Trade at, let me get, get his thing. It's, oh, good Lord. I hate it when, I hate it when my clients don't show the handle. I hate it. I can't stand it. Um, it's, B-E-I-S nerds, B's nerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S. 
just at that somewhere in a Nostra client and you'll find them. So he's got a special. He's running a special today, or at least until Mother's Day. And Mother's Day is May the 14th. Okay, May the 14th. You have time to get this stuff from Maple from Maple Trade or Bees Nerds and have a good Mother's Day present that consists of something sweet and something clean. Check it out. Instead of the ridiculous Mother's Day ads you keep seeing, get her something she'll enjoy. We want to ship these out soon so they get there for Mother's Day. Two pints of my homemade maple syrup and four bars of my sister Sarah's homemade tallow soap. Private message me directly. 200,000 sats and shipping is included. There you go. 200,000 Satoshis. And you get this pre-made basket. It's got two pints of his high quality maple syrup. I've tasted it myself because he sent me some. And that's why I don't have any problem shilling his his product here. Nor his sister's because he also sent me two bars of her soap. And it's fabulous. I love it. And the maple syrup is the best maple syrup that I've ever tasted. And I've been to a lot of farmer's markets, you know, so you know that that's better than what I'm getting, the crap that I'm getting on the shelves at the supermarket. And nobody has ever blown my socks off like Bees Nerds. That's at B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S. You can also try typing in Maple Trade. If you just can't find this guy DM me on Noster. I will make sure that I get you to him. And I will also include his, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? NPUB. Thank you. NPUB in the show notes. In fact, I got to do that, do that right now because if I don't, I'm going to forget. So uh, there we go. I just inserted his NPUB in there. Now, here's, let's, let's get into, we know what he's selling for Mother's Day. Let's talk about that maple syrup. This is a letter that he wrote me by hand in pencil that he sent me when he sent me the samples that he sent me of his uh, sister's soap and his maple syrup. 2013, I found the 10 to 15 taps in my dad's stuff that we made syrup with in 1977 and started my own journey. Through the years, I had local sugar makers help me by loaning me taps and evaporating pans. I worked to buy my own taps and had uh, SS pans made by a friend running a machine shop. I built my own masonry evaporator to put pans on. This year, my wife, boys of two, or he's got two boys, and I tapped 650 trees yielding around 8,000 gallons of sap to make 140 gallons of syrup. 8,000 gallons of sap boils down to 140 gallons of syrup. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't realize just how much work it takes to make maple syrup, especially by hand. Many syrup makers have commercial production. I, I relate it to what Budweiser is to beer. It is very technical and keeps it standardized. To up production, they use vacuum tubing, reverse osmosis systems, boil over natural gas, steam, or fuel oil, pre- uh, pressure filter with diatomaceous earth, and etc., etc. We hang buckets and bags on trees, go around to each one and collect, boil over a wood fire. 
they used 14 cords of wood this year, and gravity filter through cloth when syrup is 67 degree or 67% sugar. All of the syrups I sent are from the same trees with the same process, just a different part of the season. And he did, he sent me four. And the, he's got them marked, he marked them with Sharpie on the thing. But the first one is, is described this way, very light and delicate. I think it has a vanilla flavor. I only get about five gallons of this stuff. Number two is amber. This is what I get most of and is the best seller. Number three is dark. Most maple flavor for cooking has a molasses flavor due to metabolic change in trees at the end of the season. It is considered off flavor and I can't sell it as maple syrup. We use it to cook, brine, barbecue sauce, and some old timers like the very strong flavor. So there you go. There you go. That's his story. Now think about that. Tapping 650 trees. Do you really think about tapping 650 trees when you, I mean, you have to go collect all those pails. You have to pour all that liquid because basically it's just sugar water. And then you got to carry that, that sugar water back somewhere to boil it. You got to stand by it. This is a lot of work. You don't do this kind of work because you are making a shit ton of money. You hopefully are making enough money to pay mortgages or loans on equipment or, you know, buy food, clothes, you know, more equipment, but you're not doing it because you're going to be a millionaire. You're doing it because you love hanging out in the trees. You love being in the forest, especially like, you know, deciduous forests, like, you know, back East and whatnot, where, where maples and whatnot are, are just, I'm in the piney woods, right? There's a lot of pine tree out here. You get on the Appalachian side of the United States and there's a lot of deciduous forest or, you know, trees that lose their leaves in the fall. In either event, this is a man whose family and him are going around and they're doing a shit ton of work. If you want to show your appreciation, use the Lightning Network, create a Bitcoin circular economy, and get some damn good product in the process. Bees Nerds. B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S. His NPUB will be in the show notes. I will do what I can to help this man sell his goods and his sister's goods because I've used them both. And I think that they're pretty much some of the highest quality items that I've used or tasted in years. Let's run the numbers. CNBC breaking AMD jumps 8% on a report that Microsoft is collaborating with them on an artificial intelligence chip push. Oh, now they're just going to build AI chips. Oh, yay. What can we mine with that? That would be interesting if we could convert those into Bitcoin miners and basically just make those chips unavailable to the world because AI honestly just needs to go die. All right. <clears throat> okay. I guess I should take that back. I just, I don't get the hype is, is, my pro, is my issue here. The hype around AI seems a little extreme. 
you know, whether the hype it's going to take your jobs or the hype that it's going to kill us all or the hype that it's going to, I get the feeling that somebody's going to bring up the energy usage situation at one point or another. They always do. That does, none of those things matter to me because I don't think any of those things actually have any kind of solid basis in reality. It's the hype that's doing the damage. It's the fear mongering. It's the usage of, AI to get votes. It's all that. That's the real problem. AI itself, I don't actually worry about it, but apparently AMD and Microsoft are collaborating on putting AI on a chip. I don't care. What I do care about is West Texas Intermediate, which is up almost a full point after the last three days of basically shitting to bed. $69.27 a barrel. Brent North Sea likewise up 1.18% to $73.18. Natural gas, however, doing what natural gas does, it's down almost three points to $2.10 a thousand. Gasoline is up 0.78%, back up to $2.34 a gallon. Gold hits an all-time high. Peter Schiff, congratulations. And I'm not, I'm actually not saying that to be mean. I'm actually saying we really do agree on a great many things. I wish that we would have the ability to collaborate together because you honestly are one of the only other people that understand what's going on, except when it comes to Bitcoin. I don't get it. But anyway, take your victory lap, man. You deserve it, dude. You've been waiting for a while. Gold is up 0.93% to $2,055.90. Silver is up 2.29%, $26.27. Platinum is down a point. Copper is up half a point. Palladium is up 2.17 points. Uh, Ag is almost all in the green. Biggest winner today is going to be cotton, 3.81% to the upside. Only loser today is poison bean juice, coffee down almost a full point. Live cattle is up 0.12%. However, lean hogs are down three quarters of a point. Feeder cattle are off by 0.04. So basically trading sideways. Uh, Dow is down 0.88%. S&P is down a half a point. NASDAQ is up but scant 002 and S&P Mini is down 1.29%. They just can't handle the stress, bro. Bitcoin chilling out at $28,851.56. That's after 311,000 Bitcoin have changed hands in the last 24 hours with an average transaction value of 0.62 BTC and a median transaction value that almost makes sense, 0.003 BTC or just under 100 bucks. Block times are low, nine minutes and 40 seconds. I got 0.73 BTC taking in fees on a per block basis. And I'm laughing because 109 and a half BTC taken in fees in the last 24 hours. With a 16.6% jump in hash rate, we are up to 374.69 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Dogecoin as normal. And it is chilling out because it just does, shitcoins are just... They're just floating in the pool right now. It's like they're passed out with a beer in his hand. 7.8 United States pennies for the dog coin. I got a $558.7 billion market cap. That's just over 4% of gold's market cap. And if you want some of the shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, you can get 14.1 ounces of them. Uh, Bitcoin 
Circulating supply is 19,363,955.71 and 5,405 of those are in Lightning Network valued at $155.9 million being run over 73,660 payment channels. Actually, they're sporting, not run over. They're, they're sporting. I don't care. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet. And I got nothing but poison bean juice in me. Uh, it looks like we are looking at a negative 23.6% uh, estimated difficulty change coming May the 18th, 2023. Uh, yeah, it's not. The difficulty just changed. So we always see this. The first few calculations of the estimated difficulty change are really weird the first couple of days. So we got to wait about three or four days before that kind of calms down and tells us what's really going to happen. The mempool is is stacked as usual. About 116 blocks carrying uh, 230 unconfirmed transactions are waiting to clear mempools. Low priority is 100 Satoshis per V-byte. Wow. High priority <clears throat> is 138 Satoshis per V-byte. Uh, $5.58 if you have the simplest and lightest weight of transactions. And I mean, literally no multi-sig, just a single sig, segwit, no chicane, no, no op return stuff, just flat. Yeah. And even then you're going to pay more than 558 in either event. Uh, what do we got? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for the boostograms. Darren with 100 sats from uh, episode 718 says, just found your podcast. I listened to a few episodes and I like what I hear. I said to myself, there's some Spearco influence in the spirit of his message. And then I heard you mention him today. I love it. You are so opposite of Ben Bitboy. I can't stand him and unsubscribe to him after a while. Keep up the great work. Well, if I can save somebody from the clutches of a scammer like BitBoy, then I'm happy to do that. I, but he's not the only quote unquote influencer out there. And then we always have to ask our questions. What is so enticing about the message of this guy that basically makes my bank account look like a sandbox that I'm playing in with my little tractor because he gets like $40,000 to, you know, promote a shit coin. And he promotes them all the time. And people listen to it. This guy was listening to him. Why? I think that's the question that I ask is like, what's BitBoy doing that I'm not? I mean, is it that trying to be truthful and ethical is just always going to doom you to poverty and living under a bridge like a troll? Well, I'd rather go to my grave having been able to say I didn't screw anybody up on purpose than taking $47,000 to advertise a shit coin or something that's going to get somebody into trouble. Uh, <clears throat> Ipsout says with 256 sats, he gives me an emoji. I can't read it because I won't explain why it's too embarrassing. CA underscore Danner with 2121 says top 10 zap. Bubba, my good trucker friend who apparently is, he's, well, I think he's stranded. Let's find out. 5,000 sat says, well, shit, stuck in Lubbock, listening to you, trying to find a diesel repair shop. Balaji could have given me some BTC to pay for this or y'all can zap my ass. So zap Bubba, it's at Bubba. He's at Bubba everywhere. Get him some Satoshis and 
fix that rig of his. JC Denton with 2100 sats says, thanks for cranking these out every day. They are so valuable. Well, I'm glad you find them valuable. I, I find this time that I get to spend with you guys valuable as well. God's death, 2222, otherwise known as a row of ducks, says, zappity doo da, zappity day. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of Satoshis heading our way. Zappity doo da, zappity day. Hope I did that right. Obex with 6543 says, cheers. Nick underscore dose with 3456 says, cheers. And Yegro with 717 says, thanks for shouting out my Nostra Relay. Much appreciated. And you totally got my name right. Keep up the great work. Cool. Now, everything Satoshi with 100 sats comes back and says, and this is a continuation of, I was surprised that this guy, the God, dude I'm about to read, saying that he's in Africa and that I'm actually helping keep people on the straight and narrow in Africa. And I said something about like, I can't believe that that's actually happening. Not that I didn't believe him. I'm just saying, what do you say to that? You know, I don't even know how to respond. Am I really helping people? I can't believe that people are listening to me in Africa. That's sort of the tone that I was taking. He wrote me back and he said, there's really people in Africa listening, bro. And your message to stay out of shitcoin and JPEG mania goes a long way. Because, you know, scammers like Binance and others take advantage with their BEP20, you know, Binance chain. Keep going regardless. My mom listens. I forced her. <laughs> nice. Nice. That was a nice, that's, thank you for, uh, for sending me that. I really appreciate it. And if I really am doing some, some good out there on the continent of Africa, Shit, I would have never expected that in my entire life. So I have nothing but this show and my obstinate stubbornness <laughs> to continue doing it, uh, even though I don't get a whole lot of money for it. Now the Doster Report. Banking bad, round two, May the 3rd, 2023, block height 788163, Moscow time, 3430. Quote of the day, shitcoinery has no bottom because Bitcoin has no top. Avi Burra had that one to say. Uh, join Pablo F7Z and Jeff G tomorrow at 2 p.m. UTC for a Nostra Nest where they will be answering questions about the NDK, the Nostra Development Kit. Uh, the Something Pub Key now has a Nostra account. Oh, oh, that's from Jack. That's that Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund. Now has a Nostra account that can be zapped. I, they only give the, the Pub Key, but it's, uh, let's see if this, it'll get me to it just to make sure that I'm, nope, it's not going to happen. Okay, screw it. We, we got other things to do. JB55 says, Zaps on full display at MicroStrategy World Conference. Okay, cool. Shares, <clears throat> or RiseUp shares that several new Czech Nostra users were onboarded yesterday or today. Uh, G, G Sovereignty says, began using Nostra exactly one year ago today using the Brandly client. Uh, he shares what using the protocol was like just one year ago, which serves as a great reminder for how far things have come. Uh, UTXO says BRC 20 shit coins already getting rugged. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, anti Spasty says Coinbase sued for allegedly collecting detailed face maps. Yeah, we knew that. I read, read that yesterday. And then there's a Bhutan one and no bullshit Bitcoin by administration proposes 30% tax on Bitcoin mining. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that shit. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to do it for the weather report.
Welcome to part two of the snooze that you can use. OpenSats receives additional funding of $10 million from Start Small. Hashtag Start Small. We are delighted to announce that OpenSats has received a generous donation of $10 million, not Sats, $10 million from Jack Dorsey's philanthropic philanthropic initiative, Start Small, which will be used to support the development of free and open source software and projects focusing on Bitcoin, Noster, and related technologies. OpenSat's mission is to help build a sustainable ecosystem and provide consistent funding for free and open source projects and protocols. We believe that free software and open protocols are necessary for a free and prosperous society. Without software that protects the individual user's rights and freedoms and without digital infrastructure that is open to all, modern society risks slipping further into digital totalitarianism. All right, so there's more about it, but uh, that's... The OpenSats guys got $10 million from Jack Dorsey focusing on Bitcoin, Noster, and related technologies. That's the the three legs of the stool. And a three-legged stool is the most stable seat on which you can plant your ass. It really is. And it does because it can't wobble. It's really hard to get a three-legged stool to wobble. Just saying, Lightning Network, Bitcoin, and Noster. We can rebuild the entire planet out of those three technologies that we don't, we literally don't need anything else. That connects everything that we need. Final settlement, settlement, payment rails, and communication rails. That's it. There's not much more. In human history, you go, find, go, go read me something about Roman history. And try to find an example of something that couldn't fall into those three things. Go do it in ancient, you know, in, in France, before France was France. See if you can find any Gaelic stuff where somebody was, yeah, well, you know what? Outside, we've got this thing and it has nothing to do with money or communication. Really? What was that? What was that? No, just saying. We can build, we can rebuild everything with Bitcoin Lightning Network and Nostr. It may not, I know you're probably, yeah, point at me and laugh. That's okay. But I'm right. I am not wrong. Everything that we need can be built with those three things. What about a house? Okay, well, how are you going to communicate to me that you need a house? You need to communicate that a house needs to be built before you can actually build the house. And how's that going to be funded? What payment rails will you be using to buy the materials and pay the workers to build the house? Where are you going to build the house? Have you notified anybody that this is going to happen? Dude, if it ain't money or comms, you don't need it. The house will be built, but it cannot, nothing outside of the structure of which I speak can happen without the structure of which I speak. We can rebuild all of this. We have the technology, except we have to fight people like the White House who issue a report justifying a 30% crypto mining tax, cites lack of economic benefits. Yeah, well, you're not exactly an economic benefit, are you either? Decrypts uh, Andre Bagansky. A proposed 30% excise tax on cryptocurrency mining firms was the focus of a report released by the idiot house on Tuesday in which the administration 
fighting its way to the bathroom, reiterated its stance that pinching miners' profits is in the best interest of American communities and the environment. Quote, firms don't have to pay the full cost they impose on others, the report states, adding that the proposed tax encourages firms to start taking better account of the harms they impose upon society. The proposed excise tax would impact digital asset miners beginning in 2024 and require any such firm to pay Uncle Sam a tax that's based on their associated electricity cost starting out at 10% and ticking up each year until it reaches 30%. You want to talk about a good decentralization issue. How are you going to charge me when I'm the one generating the electricity from natural gas out in the middle of nowhere? Fuck you, Biden, and all the rest of your crony bastards. The White House's 2024 budget, which introduced the tax in March, estimates that it could help the government reduce its deficit by $74 million in the first year, potentially growing to $444 million by the fiscal year 2033. No, there's not going to be anybody left, dude. Under the official name of the Digital Asset Mining Energy, or DAME tax, it applies equally to digital asset miners that earn income by validating transactions on proof-of-work networks like Bitcoin and proof-of-stake networks like Ethereum, despite having vastly different levels of energy consumption. The report estimates that crypto mining in the United States consumed around 50,000 gigawatt hours of electricity in 2022 between Bitcoin and Ethereum, almost as much as televisions and notably more than home computers. In order to estimate these numbers, the White House started with global estimates of crypto mining power use and segmented out a representative fraction for United States-based Bitcoin and Ethereum operations. And as part of the proposed tax, digital asset mining would be required to disclose the amount of electricity they use, its source, whether it's from renewables or not, and its associated value. It also applies to power generated off-grid, such as converting what would otherwise be wasted natural gas. Good luck. Good luck, dude. Good luck. In fact, this makes me want to put two S9s in a house up here in Washington in the crawl space and just run them. And I'm never going to tell anybody a thing about them. Screw all these people. It's time to resist. If you're not prepared to resist, then prepare for the boot on your neck. Among those critical of the proposed tax was investment firm A16Z's head of policy, Brian Quiznatz, who called attention to its focus on electricity opposed to, as opposed to carbon emissions, quote, so apparently it doesn't matter where the electricity comes from. If the government doesn't like how you use the energy, you'll be penalized, he said on Twitter. Aside from raising environmental concerns, the administration argues that digital asset mining disproportionately impacts communities of color because of pollution and drives up renewable costs. Boy, they're really reaching on this one. The report also makes a value judgment on crypto, quote, Crypto mining does not generate the local and national economic benefits typically associated with businesses using smaller amounts of electricity or similar amounts of electricity. Instead, the energy is used to generate digital assets whose broader social benefits have yet to materialize. They're lying. Or they're so woefully ignorant that they have no idea what they're doing. This is helping people in Africa. It's helping people in Central America. It's helping people in Latin America. It's helping people. I don't even know where they're at. It certainly is helping me, and I live in the United States. 
A day after the White House report was released, the Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy seized on the administration's logic, aligning himself more closely as an advocate of digital assets after calling out a so-called war on crypto the day before, and we already went through that yesterday, so I won't, I won't bore you with it again, and we've got other things to do here. Like, <clears throat> let's talk about North Carolina, who apparently seems to just be going apeshit stupid. North Carolina County, it's just one county, okay? So let's, let's, let's be fair. North Carolina County enacts a one-year ban on commercial Bitcoin mining, but not without pushback. Craig Deutsch, Bitcoin Magazine, has it. As first covered in Bitcoin Magazine on April the 6th, Booncombe County, North Carolina, proposed a one-year moratorium on Bitcoin mining and held a public hearing on May the 2nd. The text of the proposal stated that the moratorium, if approved, would go into effect the same day as the hearing, so it was readily apparent that the county commissioner was simply following procedure when taking comments from the public. Unlike other moratoriums in the state where no objections were voiced, people throughout the region spoke out, spoke out in opposition. State associations and local Bitcoiners came together in a collaborative effort to speak to various concerns about the one-year ban on commercial Bitcoin mining. Comments in support of Bitcoin range from safeguarding financial freedom to strengthening the grid through demand response programs, investment and use of sustainable energy, protecting First Amendment rights, encouraging innovation, and more. There were three people in attendance that expressed their approval of the ban, citing concerns about noise and a desire to conserve energy usage in order to meet Governor Roy Cooper's climate goals. Oh, their climate goals. The moratorium passed unanimously from the Buncombe County website, quote, The County Board of Commissioners is moving forward with a moratorium on crypto mining. Commissioners approved the one-year ban after holding a public hearing during the meeting on May the 2nd. The county's Current ordinances do not define cryptocurrency mining as a specific use. Cryptocurrency mining operations can negatively affect surrounding neighborhoods due to excessive energy use, e-waste, pollution, and noise. The temporary pause will help protect the public interest until regulations regarding cryptocurrency mining are adopted. The one-year ban is effective immediately through May the 1st, 2024. And then they show a little picture of the miscreants out there. Oh my God. God, they look like they're sitting on a bridge playing a banjo with some serious genetic defects going on. Well, 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 it is what it is, and we got nothing to say about it. Uh, well, actually, we do have everything to say about it. Just, move, you know, mine indoors. You know, take, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre that Buncombe County wants to just have fun staying poor, but that's the decision that they've made. Let's get to something else. Coinbase to cease issuing new Bitcoin-backed loans via its borrow service. Jesse Coglin from Cointelegraph.com. Coinbase is stopping the issuance of new loans through its borrow service, a product that allowed certain United States customers to post crypto as collateral to receive a cash loan. In an email sent to Coinbase Borrow customers on May the 3rd that was shared by recipients on Twitter, the exchange said without providing a reason that from May the 10th, customers would not be able to take out new loans using the service. It added that there would be no impact on outstanding loans and customers did not need to take any further action. Quote, we regularly evaluate our products to ensure we're prioritizing the offerings that our customers care about most. End quote. The service allowed users to borrow from the exchange against up to 40% of their Bitcoin holdings with a $1 million limit. 
It required no credit check with users paying nearly 9% annual percentage rate for the service. Holy shit. The announcement is in the backdrop of a regulatory scuffle between Coinbase and the SEC. Yeah, okay. So here's what's going on. This statement, we regularly evaluate our products to ensure we're prioritizing the offerings that our customers care about most. I guarantee you DGENs across the world would love to pay a 9% interest rate on their Bitcoin holdings. And that's not me being facetious. That's me being actually truthful. There are plenty of people that want their service. So it's not that. What is it? Why are they closing it down? Because Coinbase is leaving the United States, mark my words. They will be out no later than mid-2025. And that's me being conservative, just so that I don't feel like a complete idiot when mid-2025 comes around and they still haven't moved out. Um, I think that they're going. They're gone. They'll leave a scant little pillar, like a little flag left planted in the ground over there in San Francisco, and they will they will call it Coinbase.us. But they're gone. Coinbase is gone. They've had it. And when when Brian Armstrong, the mole rat that he is, is like one of the last rats to to leave the sinking ship, you know that ship is sinking and sinking fast. Whatever. Last one up for today. MoonPay launches app in more than 130 countries. BTC Casey, Bitcoin Magazine. MoonPay, a cryptocurrency infrastructure company, has launched its app in over 130 countries, offering more than 5 million claimed users a... Wow, I screwed that one. Offering more than 5 million claimed users a streamlined multi-wallet management solution. The app, which had a launch in March to 15,000 early access users, is now available to MoonPay users on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Quote, the all-in-one platform offers an easier way for Bitcoin hodlers to see their transactions, pricing history, and top up on the go, leading to a more informed and active community, said Ivan Soto Wright, CEO and co-founder of MoonPay. According to MoonPay, 55% of app users have successfully transacted with three or more wallets, while 25% have transacted with eight or more wallets, signifying the growing demand for a simplified multi-wallet management in-app experience. Quote, our goal is to provide our millions of customers with a new way to engage with their cryptocurrencies and digital assets and provide the foundation for our leading brand partners and creators to continue their adoption, said Soto Wright. MoonPay previously partnered with BitPay to give BitPay users significantly increased ways to buy cryptocurrency instantly. Prior to that partnership, MoonPay joined forces with ZBD to offer purchasing and selling Bitcoin for users of the ZBD platform. That partnership leveraged the Lightning Network in order to make transactions as seamless as possible. So MoonPay on deck. This kind of sounds like there's some shit coinery going on, but honestly, I'm just, I'm too hungry to bitch about it. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. haven't had a joke. So dad says jokes. When we make pizza at home, it's my wife's job to shred the cheese. She's the greatest. Uh, Yeah, it's good to have a bad joke again. All right. So go check out Maple Trade.
bees nerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S. And pick up, uh, pick up something for your wife uh, or your mom for Mother's Day coming May the 14th. By the way, have you ever noticed that, that in grocery stores, it's like all these Mother's Day, oh, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, get Mother's Day. And you know what they never say? They never put the date. I think they do that for a reason. I think that if they put the date down, then you'll go, oh, well, I got time, I got time. And they want you to buy now. They want you to buy now. Well, I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. May the 14th, it's that Sunday. Mother's Day is always on a Sunday. May the 14th, get your orders to Maple Trade Inn and make sure that if you, if you do do this, please tell Maple Trade that I sent you. I want to see if I can form, start forming partnerships with people that need an outlet that, you know, maybe we, I don't know, maybe he shoots me like if I can sell a whole bunch of his syrup and his sister's soap, maybe his sister and him will go, we'll advertise with you. Because honestly, I would rather have you guys advertising your goods and services than going to book people and saying, hey, you know, because I really, I, I, I'm going to have to start doing something, right? I mean, I can't just do it for free, you know, and, and, and as much as I love podcasting 2.0, we need a lot more people into it, which is why I'm always telling you about podcasting 2.0 and how it's the way to go. And if you want to throw me some Satoshis, that's the way to do it. But it can't be everything all at once to all people in the world. Patience is a virtue. And I have a, I'm learning a longer time scale way of thinking, right? So, but in the, in the interim, I don't like the thought of having to go do something else. I really don't, even though, yes, I've, uh, I'm looking, I just, everything, everything seems to just really look bad, but in either event, maybe. Just maybe, if I can get you guys to go to Bees Nerds, aka Maple Trade, and get some of these baskets that they've put together of soap and maple syrup for your mom or your wife, or you know, buy stuff for your kids to give their mom, you know, whatever. Then maybe, maybe just maybe, it's like a, a maybe that could be a long-term relationship that I can have where I get paid to shill his stuff because I've tried it, I've used it, I love it. I'm not going to give you a way to go spend your hard-earned money on something that I either don't use or I don't believe in, right? I wouldn't tell you as many times as I told you about Maple Trade. I wouldn't do that if I didn't hadn't already tasted his syrup and said, holy shit, this is the best syrup I've ever had and used his sister's soaps, which is phenomenal in the shower because they don't melt away like other soaps that I get at farmer's markets and stuff like that, right? So if, if I'm going to shill you a product or a service, I'm going to do my level best to make sure it's something that I use and something that I believe in. With that said, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.